the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. Welcome to Love Never Fails Radio. Love Never Fails. Inviting you to join in the fight for love. There are millions of people who are trapped in modern day slavery. Take a stand to do something against this injustice. Join the fight against human trafficking. If you truly love, set the captives free. Each week, this program sheds light on the needs of vulnerable people in our community who are impacted by human trafficking, homelessness, addiction, and abuse, and celebrates the work of those who are meeting them right where they are and expressing to them that they are precious, valued, and loved. Our goal is to see this radio audience move to compassion demonstrated in acts of service, generosity, and gifts of time. Give up a chance. Give up your heart. Love never fails. Now here's the host of Love Never Fails Radio, founder and executive director of Love Never Fails, Vanessa Russell. Thanks and welcome to Love Never Fails Radio. We are in the studio today with a special guest uh, who I had the good fortune of working with uh, or going out to on a street outreach with recently and uh, and uh, has been a supporter of Love Never Fails and the radio show and whatnot. And so we're just so grateful to have on the show Justin. Justin has been an abolitionist against sex trafficking since uh, summer of 2008. And he says here, when, his, when God broke his heart for the oppressed, his passion became to develop long-term solutions to scourge the, uh, 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 or I'm sorry, to the scourged of human traffic. I thought you meant to scourge human trafficking, <laughs> to, to the scourged of human trafficking through prayer and innovation. And he is a speaker. He is a prayer warrior. Um, he's innovative and he's really looking uh, to address a narrative around youth and the harms of pornography and the, the ways in which that fuels this epidemic of commercial sex. Welcome to the show, Justin. Thank you so much, Vanessa. It's very much a pleasure to be on. Yeah, so grateful to have you and um and uh, just to hear your voice after we, you know, going out and spending some time together. I'm always amazed at the way in which um the Lord connects us to uh to folks in other states and other countries um i'm always just amazed by that and um just to kind of share with the listening audience how uh justin and i met and the way in which that connection is actually continuing to bless us by the way justin your last name is wise that's pretty cool that's pretty cool dustin wise yeah wise Uh, like mr uh, wise I mean, how do yeah. you get how how do you get that kind of good fortune to be called Mister Wise? <laughs> I don't know. That that part was kind of by default. Um, it was the Justin was due to uh, the foresight of my 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 parents, I yeah. think especially my mother. Yeah. Well, awesome. So tell me a little bit about 
how, you know, was this something that um, your family talked about when you were coming up or how did you become aware of human trafficking and why, uh, why this passion uh, to address this issue? Yeah, my, well, my passion for human trafficking kind of started um, in many ways with my passion for prayer. Um, so you ask about growing up. I didn't know anything about human trafficking. Um, I thought slavery was, was done and gone. Uh, I figured maybe there was somewhere in the world where some people enslaved a few other people. But, um, yeah, growing up, I, I mean, I heard a little bit about human trafficking, you know, throughout college. Um, but I just thought it was human smuggling, just sneaking people across the border, right? Yeah. Um, had no idea. And uh, it was in, uh, in in college. I really had a heart for prayer. Um, and uh, I would try to, to – I would create events at my alma mater, U- University of North Carolina at Charlotte. Um, where I would invite um, members of the, the 20-some different campus ministries um, to come pray together. And uh, one time a campus pastor said, hey, Justin, there's this thing called the Luke 18 Project um, in Kansas City for students just like you who want to start uh, prayer furnaces on their campus. Mm. And I, I didn't know, literally, that's all I knew about it. And I said, oh, that's great. I'm signing up. I'm going. Um, I'm just going to fly halfway across the country. Literally, when I went... I had no idea. It was it was uh, it was with a, an organization called the International House of Prayer, um, which I didn't even I'd heard of them. I had no idea they were affiliated. Yes. Yep. I hop. I didn't know how I was getting back home. I literally I didn't have enough money for a flight back. I was just like, God's going to take care of it. Um, <laughs> you do that a lot. <laughs> you did that just when we came out for street outreach, right? Your parents were like, That's "Where true. are you going? You're going on street? What? You what? Yep." My mom's like, what are the names of your contacts there? Like, I want to look them up and make sure they're not, you know, make sure they're legit. <laughs> Good job, Mom. That's right. Yeah. <laughs> so the, but the Luke 18 Project, the, the name comes from um, Luke 18, the, the first few verses of Luke 18. It's about the, the parable of the persistent widow. So this widow had uh, some grievance, and she was going to this judge was an unjust judge, an unrighteous judge who did not fear God, and she would go, and he would not give her justice, but she returned time and time again, and finally, to get her off his back, he finally granted her justice. And so Jesus says, if this unjust judge will grant justice to this widow, how much more will God grant justice to his children who cry out to him day and night? Mm. So that was the, the seed for this uh, this this time uh, I had in Kansas City, and uh, that's where I found out about human trafficking. Mm, wow. And I see that you've been, uh, so you're currently living in Houston, Texas, and you've, you've been uh, doing some work there with Elijah Rising, The Landing, Love People, Not Pixels, United Against Human Trafficking, and Rescue Houston. So a couple other agencies that you've been working with in various capacities, yes. right? Um, so you've Correct. been quite engaged on this issue there in Houston and and then of course working engaging with us and um a couple other really great nonprofits in the um in the bay area like because justice matters and others so um uh so your perspective i think is 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 an is one that i'd love for the listening audience to hear from a, the standpoint of texas california mm-hmm. is it pretty much the same mix or is there so, anything different that you've noticed about the two different areas 
Um, it's pretty much the same. The nature of man is the same uh, everywhere you go. And the nature of the beast, I mean, I'm, I'm sure most of the listeners know that sex trafficking, it, it happens, if somebody's sex trafficked in one city, they're probably being sex trafficked in 9, 10, 11 different cities in many cases, not all the time. Um, so there's a, there's a lot of inflow and outflow between different geographic areas that, that make it look similar. Yeah, over the weekend we were able to um, support uh, a mom in recovering a 15-year-old that was missing and uh, wow. from, from Sonoma County. And just to kind of give, an, you know, an outlay, right? So she went missing in early uh, early July um, but was really just hanging out with friends. And then towards the end of the month um, was when she was actually picked up by a trafficker. And um, it has literally been, it was 10 days. In the course of 10 days, she had ads up in Oakland, San Jose, uh, all, you know, throughout the the Bay Area. And Mm -hmm. um, she had been moved to another, a whole other area. Uh, And, you know, so it's just, it's that quick, right, that you're moved around. And, And this is with Homeland Security, you know, law enforcement, all kinds of people looking for her, and they're still moving uh, her. They were moving her around, um, and so right under our noses, right under mom's nose, and yeah. um, and like you said, you know the 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 habits of man, right, um, and the inclinations of man are are um, pretty consistent no matter where where you go. There's someone who's buying. Number one, yep. which is a problem, and there's someone who's selling, and so, absolutely. So, so thinking um, just a little bit more about what you observed when you came out. I'm when when we come back, um, I'm, I'm going to take a break here. But when we come back, um, I want to talk a little bit about your assessment that you did. You did a, a you sort of started an assessment. I think you're going to do some more on that. And uh, share a little bit with the, uh, you know, the listening audience what your observations were. And again, love to hear if there's any, you know, anything different about Houston. Um, And then talk a little bit about what are some solutions that you think are important to implement, in particular in the Bay Area and in Houston um, that will, you know, impact lives for the better. So when we come back, we're going to listen, listen in to Justin, uh, talk a little bit about this assessment he did and is doing. And we're going to learn and discuss ways that we can get ahead of this. So thank you so much for listening to Love Never Fails Radio. We'll be right back. For more information on this program, visit loveneverfailsus.com. That's loveneverfailsus.com. We'll be right back with more right after these messages. Trash bills weighing you down? At Case Industries, we specialize in lowering waste costs and providing trash consolidation and compaction services for multifamily properties, condos, and commercial shopping centers. Let us help you reduce operating expenses and increase property NOI. Case Industries, saving the planet, saving you money. Contact us today for a property trash and recycling assessment online at caseindustries.us or call 510-566-4223. That's caseindustries.us or call 510-566-4223. Case Industries, the property manager's friend. 
Hi, I'm Sandra Herrera, CEO of Case Industries. I've found that many employers are looking for ways to help the community but don't know how. I encourage you to consider supporting Love Never Fails as a corporate sponsor. Love Never Fails offers all the resources necessary to help young women and men overcome the trauma of exploitation and abuse. And that's why I'm proud to have Case Industries supporting Love Never Fails Radio. Welcome back to Love Never Fails Radio, where you are invited to turn your compassion into action and love those in your midst. And welcome back to Love Never Fails Radio. We are in the studio today with Justin Wise from Houston, Texas. Uh, Justin has been engaging in the fight against human trafficking since the summer of 2008. Uh, he is a, a speaker, a prayer warrior, and an innovator that is looking to uh, to identify ways to solutions to uh, to the scourged of human trafficking and really to bring care and bring love and bring solutions to those individuals that are are being trafficked today that are caught in modern day slavery. Um, and as we were mentioning in the last segment, Justin has worked with Elijah Rising, The Landing, Love People Not Pixels, United Against Human Trafficking, and Rescue Houston. He's done um, some a variety of uh, things in partnership with them and uh, is, again, very focused on uh, getting out amongst survivors and street outreach. And so one of the things I wanted to kind of touch on is uh, last, was it last month? Yeah, I think it was last. Yeah. No, no, it was the month before last because last month we went to Richmond. Uh, it was the month before last we went to Oakland and did an outreach there together. And, um, you know, we do that once a month, every third Saturday of the month in a different city. Um, this past month, we actually, um, uh, meaning August, we actually went out and uh, went to Livermore. And uh, we actually had um, moved the movement with us from Oakland. So that was really nice, as well as Cornerstone Livermore and uh, some other other folks from uh, New Hope Christian Fellowship in Hayward. So there was it was a nice little cross section of, of, of church members that went out uh, this past month. And then again, the lot the prior month, we went to Sojourner Truth the Church, um, went out to Richmond and then we went out with you uh, and a variety, a couple of members thing over at um, over at uh, the movement. The movement, yeah, and uh, some people from Oakland Ch- uh, City Church, and that was great. That was amazing. Um, and so, just thinking a little bit about that night, what were your your uh, thoughts as we came away? We ministered to, I think it was, I'll get the numbers, but there was it was mm-hmm. it's pretty significant the number of people that we talked to, women and men, and and. And so I'd love to get your take. How, how did you feel about that? Yeah, I, my take was uh, I came away really struck by just, again, the similarities um, between Houston and Oakland um, and that it's, a, it's the same thing, walking out on the streets. And it's not just, you know, one of the beautiful things about doing outreach to the sex traffic population is that you're not limited to just that population. There are plenty of homeless people that we ministered to that night. Um, and so just being able to give gifts and to bless people, to offer to pray for people. Um, and I think that that is important too for the, um, the victims 
for the women who are being prostituted um, because then they don't feel so much like you're sing- uh, signaling them out. Right. But you're out there just doing a general outreach and they can just be a part of that. Absolutely. Yeah. So, and, I'm, and I think that is always our heart to, you know, be uh, available to uh, to everyone that we encounter because we're such strong believers that everyone is at risk for trafficking in one way or another. Mm-hmm. And uh, survival sex, uh, so sexual favors in exchange for housing, for food, for, um, you know, for a place to stay uh, and uh, for even for safety. And so these are some of the elements that constitute human trafficking. We don't always, um, one of our advisory board members who's uh, mentored me over the years, her name is Nola Brantley. She's the CEO of Nola Brantley Speaks. She, um, you know, she talked about uh, uh, how exchanging a Tootsie Roll, right? A piece of candy for a kiss or for a, you know, being coerced into a sexual favor um, is a form of human trafficking. And we uh, we need to have that stance, especially if we ever expect to get to a place of prevention. Um, so, so yeah, so lots of similarities. Uh, anything, yeah. did anything strike you as different? Uh, no, honestly, it was, it was, it was remarkably similar. Now what's, what's beautiful. And one of the things that are, are the same, but it's really beautiful is seeing the whole church, just as you listed these various churches, members from different churches. It's the body of Christ coming together and going out and going on the offenses. Mm-hmm. Um, so often it's just so easy for people to do what is safe in the church. When God never called us to be safe, he called us to go out. You right. know, he sent his disciples out two by two with no money, with, with nothing in their packs. Um, they didn't have two cents to rub together. They didn't have a change of clothes. Yeah. They went out in faith and they did signs and wonders. They just were just obedient to what God had called them to do. Um, but I, I feel, and I feel this tension in my own self too, of not wanting to stop for that person on the side of the road. Like yeah. Jesus talked about in the parable of the Good Samaritan, um, because it's inconvenient or it could be dangerous. Um, and so that's an, a natural urge that I, I have to fight in myself. And I think we in the church here in America need to fight against that as well. And so it's beautiful to see so many people from so many different churches coming out, joining together. Um, and uh, prayer is just is absolutely key. Um, I know you guys pray before every intervention um, here with, with Elijah Rising. Um, we not only pray before the interventions and then, you know, a little bit here and there as we're doing the interventions, um, in Houston, but we actually have a prayer team that stays back and is praying and interceding during the, the whole time and texting back and forth and offering that, that kind of air support. Yeah, we, that's actually part of the design, but we've not been able to, uh, it, it's kind of an interesting thing. We either have, like we had that with Sojourner Truth when we went out in Richmond, a couple of us went out and then most of the people stayed back and prayed. But it's mm-hmm. almost like, the, I don't know why this is, but it's there's a group of folks that want to go out and the, everybody in that group wants to go out one day. And then another group of folks, that everybody wants to stay in. <laughs> so we haven't we haven't quite met that that uh, that good mix. And w- it would be so awesome to have just a standing group of folks that wanted to stay back and pray. Um, so mm-hmm. if you're listening in today and you would like to be part of our street outreach prayer team, 
we would greatly appreciate that. Um, so please uh, reach out to me, Vanessa at loveneverfailsus.com and, and let's, let's start, you know, developing a relationship and, and get you involved because that I think is a really important part of what we're doing. Um, yeah. So, so we actually ministered that night to 39 women and 27 men, including 21 exploited individuals. So just to kind of cover the breadth of the folks that we were able to reach. So that was, that was pretty, pretty incredible. Um, so yeah, so I wanted to talk a little bit about your assessment. So we're going to take a quick break. Uh, we're going to come back and go over some of the things that I saw in there in particular, um, when, uh, when you entered into a couple of bars, uh, I can't, yeah. I, I can't remember where it was, but I, I thought, wow, that was, that was cool. And something that we frequently don't do, um, namely because a lot of the people that we go with are women or not Spanish speaking men. So, um, and these are, these are Spanish speaking bars where everyone there speaks predominantly Spanish. So love to get your take on how you navigated that and, uh, and what you, you know, what you saw with your eyes. So we'll come right back and thank you for listening to Love Never Fails Radio. To join in the fight for love, visit loveneverfailsus.com. Don't go away. Love Never Fails Radio will return right after these messages from our sponsors. This is Dr. Miluna Fausch. I am honored to serve on the advisory board of Love Never Fails, where each voice matters as lives are restored. Thank you for your support. Let's face it, you are making a pitch for something every day. Your verbal communication skills are the key to your professional and personal success. My company, Pitch Perfect Presentations, trains executives, management teams, and startups in delivering consistent, effective, engaging presentations to today's diverse audiences to rev up sales, attract clients and fans, and secure funding. Visit PitchPerfectPresentations.com to schedule your complimentary strategy call with me today. That's PitchPerfectPresentations.com, PitchPerfectPresentations.com. Welcome back to Love Never Fails Radio, where you are invited to turn your compassion into action and love those in your midst. Welcome back to Love Never Fails Radio. We are in the studio today uh, once again with Justin Wise. And Justin has been fighting against human trafficking in the city of Houston, Texas uh, for uh, the last, let's see, 11 years, right? Um, Four years in Houston and then uh, seven years before that in Charlotte. Wow. Yeah. Okay. In Charlotte. Okay. I didn't didn't catch that. So that's great. So just really... uh, looking for those that are being harmed in this way and looking for solutions to uh, make it stop, to to bring them the um, freedom that, that the Lord has always designed and desired for them. And so speaking a little bit more about that, you did a, a an assessment or a preliminary assessment when you came out to the Bay Area. Maybe you could tell the listening audience what you found. Yeah, so uh, the the assessment, I was invited out initially to the Bay Area to kind of 
um, I think the wording was, can you help us create out there what you have in, in Houston? And so um, I just kind of went with that mindset, and I connected with Love, uh, with Love Never Fails and some other organizations. Um, I just wanted to do an assessment and find out where sex trafficking like to be likely happening in Oakland and the surrounding areas, um, what work is being done to, to reach out, and uh, what where are the real needs. So um, I came out and uh, the I landed, and then the, one of the first things I did was go out with you guys, and um, I just had a blast. I just want to say for everybody, like it can be scary. It can feel scary to go out and like onto the street where there's maybe dangerous people and drug addicts and to talk to people, but it really is a blast. You just go out there. Um, and you just go out and not in a spirit of fear, but in a spirit of power and of love and of a sound mind. Be aware of your situation, your surroundings, um, and go out there and just love people and show the love of Christ. Mm-hmm. Um, so the, uh, the, the main thing that I realized um, coming into Oakland from Houston was, and this kind of harkens back to your earlier question about what's different, um, is there's, there was not much talk of cantina brothels. So Cantina Brussels are bars. Um, they're usually kind of dive bars that will really run down, um, at least in Houston, and they serve a primarily Latin clientele. And they'll have women who are unaccompanied, and their job is to be in the bar um, and to at least drink and flirt with the men. Mm-hmm. And so, for instance, uh, in Houston, well, you'll go into a, a can- one of these Cantina bars and uh, there'll be a, uh, some unaccompanied ladies at the bar or along one of the walls and you go up and, um, if, if I buy a beer for myself, it's four or $5. If I buy a beer for them, then it costs 15 or $20 because she comes with the beer and she'll drink with me until, uh, until the beer is done. And then whoever she's drinking with, they, they can talk and flirt and kind of, um, do whatever. And so I, I didn't know of any of these in the Oakland area and it's, it's, it's a, uh, trafficking template that's not talked about very much. Mm-hmm. So one of my main goals was to find these cantina bars, see do they exist in Oakland, um, and uh, what, where are they, and what's the what's the situation? Are they similar to Houston, or are they different? And they definitely are there. We, as as you recall, we walked uh, past maybe three or four of them because there weren't. Uh, I want to say that there were two of us that could speak Spanglish, but pretty much we couldn't hold our own in there. Um, and, and so there was a reluctance to go inside. And so that's, that's actually a need. We'd love to be able to do some outreach there, but thinking a little bit about that, it sounds like you've done that before. And I think you were able to go to another city and actually go inside and your observations were, were what? Maybe share that with the with the, the yeah, team. so we uh, we went to to Hayward, um, and we went inside one of the cantinas there. And this is a place that we've done some research and um, looked at some online reviews. And and some of the reviews people left made it sound kind of sketchy. Mm-hmm. Um, and one of the reviews actually talked about, um, I think the quote was, uh, "There were women dancing around with cash in their hand, like some sort of dancing hookers." Mm. Uh, and so we were like, well, we got to go check this place out. And so we go in. It was a bar. Uh, there was a security guard at the door. We got we got patted down for weapons. Um, and uh, we go. We sat at the bar. And we had one person with us who, who spoke Spanish. Mm-hmm. Um, and so uh, it's not what, the amazing thing 
you don't have to have a team of all Spanish speakers to go into these places. Mm-hmm. Uh, a lot of the women there can speak a little bit of English. Mm-hmm. Um, and even if they can't, a lot of times the Lord has just provided. Here in Houston, uh, the the guy who usually leads those teams, he speaks Spanish fluently, but the rest of the team, sometimes he's the only one who speaks Spanish. But even when he's the only one who speaks Spanish, they still have up to minister to somebody. Um, one time, one of the women took another female volunteer into the bathroom, and they called the woman's son so he could translate. Um, and you can always pray for people. Yeah. But we, uh, so we, we were there and, uh, we actually talked to a woman there who was a, a, a cantinera. Um, and, uh, she's actually, uh, American, not Hispanic at all, uh, which is surprising. That's something I haven't seen in Houston. Um, she's the only person in any of the locations we visited who, who was not Hispanic. Mm. Uh, but one of the things she said was that, uh, she she talked to us for a little while. Um, we didn't buy her a drink at that location, but but she did talk to us for a while. Um, and one of the things she said was, "I really really have to flirt with my customers to get tips." Mm-hmm. Um, and so she kind of seemed a little bit embarrassed about it. Uh, embarrassed about it while we were there after she had come back from interacting with one of the other customers. Mm. And these and these individuals are on um, staff, so to speak, with the uh, with the business with the cantina. It depends. So there's mm-hmm. different models now. If they're being trafficked, um, then a lot of times, it, I mean, the, the business models vary. It could be the the bar owner is directly sex trafficking somebody, making them be in there working, um, or they could have a relationship with the trafficker where the bar owner just kind of looks the other way and doesn't really ask too many questions. Because um, it's them good for his business. There are some who, who choose to be there, and they will um, go just on the weekends, and they'll just talk, right? Yeah. So the, the model is once they buy the drink and you're talking to them, you entice them into the sex room, yeah. uh, which will be upstairs or in the back or in a neighboring building. But some of them just go, and they just talk for the 15 minutes, and they split whatever the cost is with, uh, with the bar. <laughs> with the bar. Mm. Okay. Well, there you have it, folks. Uh, so this is another way in which human trafficking is happening in the Bay Area. And um, and I'm quite sure that there are, you know, we in, we were in Livermore this past weekend and we went to uh, five motels and three massage parlors. And two of those, three of those massage parlors, one of them is actually on the FBI's uh, watch list. Two of them are um, are absolutely sketch. I mean, you go in and you wait in the lobby and no one ever comes because you have no appointment because that's not really the kind of appointments that they want. They don't want any drop-in massage requests or foot massage requests. It's a different kind of a, of a place. And so um, – it's a very, I, you know, I'm sure it's a very similar model where it's like you come in and this kind of massage is X and that kind of massage is Y and it's all working its way towards, you know, a uh, uh, full on sex act. Um, it may be in another room or in that room. So it's, it, these are the various ways in which people are being tra- trafficked right under our noses in our, in our cities. So, um, so you, so you, uh, were able to go into a couple of cantinas in, um, in Hayward. Uh, mm-hmm. are you planning to do any more canvassing or are there any outcomes that you think that, you know, that you recommend that we start to take a look at? 
No, I, I, yeah, I wanted to just create a, a blueprint, or just starting, just kind of an overview, um, so that you there on the ground could, uh, whoever wants to read this report and, and look at it and, and act on it, like they have some idea where to start. Um, I came into this when I first agreed to go. I had, I had no idea if there was anybody doing any kind of outreach uh, in the Bay Area. Mm-hmm. Um, I assume probably there was. Yeah. Because there's churches there, and Christians love to go and meet the broken. Um, but, uh, yeah, I'm, I don't have any plans, uh, but I'm certainly open to it. Cool. Uh, wherever the Holy Spirit leads. Amen. That's good. All right. Well, we're going to take a break, and we're going to talk about uh, things that you— uh, are working on here and now uh, as we go into the new school year. One of your passions is uh, working with young people and addressing the issue of pornography. Um, I actually, over the weekend, as I was looking for a uh, looking for this missing young lady who we were able to find, uh, I came across a, a, like a true dark web kitty porn site, and it. I got to be honest, it really scared me. Uh, it was, it was a, a horrible sight to look at, and um, I, you know, I, I, I uh, reported it through uh, cyber tips on the National Missioning and Exploited Children's website, and also shared it with a couple of people I know. But just the fact that these sites are sitting out there, um, just on the wide, just accessible to anybody, is so troubling. And I want to get your take, Justin, when we come back and kind of hear about what you're talking to the youth in Houston about in this regard. So we'll be right back. And thank you for listening to Love Never Fails Radio. For more information on this program, visit loveneverfailsus.com. That's loveneverfailsus.com. We'll be right back with more right after these messages. Trash bills weighing you down? At Case Industries, we specialize in lowering waste costs and providing trash consolidation and compaction services for multifamily properties, condos, and commercial shopping centers. Let us help you reduce operating expenses and increase property NOI. Case Industries, saving the planet, saving you money. Contact us today for a property trash and recycling assessment online at caseindustries.us or call 510-566-4223. That's caseindustries.us or call 510-566-4223. Case Industries, the property manager's friend. Hi, I'm Sandra Herrera, CEO of Case Industries. I've found that many employers are looking for ways to help the community but don't know how. I encourage you to consider supporting Love Never Fails as a corporate sponsor. Love Never Fails offers all the resources necessary to help young women and men overcome the trauma of exploitation and abuse. And that's why I'm proud to have Case Industries supporting Love Never Fails Radio. Welcome back to Love Never Fails Radio, where you are invited to turn your compassion into action and love those in your midst. And welcome back to Love Never Fails Radio. We are in the studio today with Mr. Wise. I like that. (laughs) Justin Wise. Oh, man. We are just hearing about his passion for fighting against human trafficking and pornography. And we're touching on this place, the dark web, which just for the listening audience, there were some questions even over the weekend about what is the dark web? And so the way I'll characterize it, and maybe Justin, if you have some other color you want to bring to it, but I'll just characterize it as unindexed 
right? Unsearchable websites that people just share with each other offline. And, um, you know, security by obscurity. And they're just hoping that by the time it's discovered, they tear down the website and then they pop it up somewhere else. Any any other description you want to bring to bear there? No, I, I actually don't know that much about the dark web. Okay. Um, so when you talk about pornography, are you talking about that? Or are you just are you talking about the kind that we um, buy, you know, that people buy on DVD, um, you know, and that kind of thing and, and is well, considered kind of online. somewhat legal? Uh-huh. Okay. Yeah, it's mostly online. Um, it is considered legal. Uh, there's some very interesting, there's uh, part of the Communications Decency Act that actually gives uh, the federal prosecutors the ability to go after uh, producers and distributors of, or at least extri- at least distributors of explicit pornography, but they haven't acted on those in, in years. Um, and so uh, certain types of explicit pornography, at least. Um, so that's something that if, if anybody's interested in policy and in putting pressure on the government, um, they could research that. But uh, the reason I got into fighting pornography Really, and this is the mission of Love People Not Pixels, one of the organizations I work with here in Houston. Mm-hmm. Um, their mission is fighting sex trafficking from the demand side. Mm-hmm. So if you think about the economic model of sex trafficking, there's a supply, which are those who are being trafficked, and yep. then demand, which is those who are paying to have sex with them. Yep. Um, and so there's a push-pull factor with sex trafficking and pornography. I have one friend who was trafficked into pornography, um, and uh, she shared a statistic. I'm not sure where she got this, that 80% of pornography has some form of force, fraud, or coercion involved. Mm. And as you and many of the listening audience knows, um, sex trafficking in the United States is defined as uh, a commercial sex act that is induced by force, fraud, or coercion. Yep. So much pornography that's produced is sex trafficking. On the other side, you have men who are purchasing sex. And uh, Love People Not Pixels, all of the staff people in Love People Not Pixels started out just in a a more traditional anti-trafficking organization, uh, one or or another. Um, And then they they merged, they kind of came over to this realization that, much like when you're gardening, if you want to get rid of a weed, you can't just get the stem and the trees, right? Mm-hmm. That's the equivalent of going after the the traffic individuals and the traffickers. But if you don't get at the root, the, the root is what supplies all the nutrients for everything else. Yeah. Um, and so if you don't pull that root up of those men who are demanding sex, yep. who are paying for sex, you're never going to fight sex trafficking. Right. Any organization that says they're ending sex trafficking and they're not addressing the demand is not ending sex trafficking. They're just trimming the weeds. Right. Trimming the weeds. So tell me, so if you had to pick the top two ways that you end demand, what would they be? Mm-hmm. Um, ultimately, you're going after the heart of men. Um, and so it's a very complicated issue. It's, it's a very personal, but it's also very society-wide. Pornography has multiple documented maleffects. Um, I think there's over 30 documented uh, side effects, bad side effects of, of regular porn use, including lack of uh, intimacy. So it makes people more um, critical of displays of affection, makes people more critical of their own sexual performance and that of their partner. Uh, it leads to um, unhealthy expectations. And uh, this is just relational. Physically, um, it can cause uh, some forms of impotence. 
erectile dysfunction. Even years ago, um, young men had ED at about 3%. 50 years ago, this is men like 18 to 30, 18 to 35. Um, 30 years ago, that number had jumped to 7%. Today, it's around 30%. Wow. And the reason is because our men's brains have gotten changed. You're familiar yeah, uh, maybe with neuroplasticity. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, and so our, our men have so accustomed their brains to responding to an image that they, they can't perform with their actual partner. So it's affecting intimacy issues in marriages, um, not to mention dating relationships, but in, in marriages, like men can't be intimate with their wives anymore. Um, and it causes frustration. And uh, there's, there's many other side effects. Um, Fight the New Drug is an excellent organization that publishes a lot of that information. Uh, but it also, it's addictive, and its addictive nature is one that drives men and women too, because it's not just an issue for men anymore. Studies say that about 50% of young women um, view pornography regularly now. And yeah. so uh, there's this idea in the church, especially, that porn is a men's problem, but that's just not true anymore. Porn is an everybody problem. The average age of first exposure to pornography for boys is 8, mm-hmm. for girls 11. Mm-hmm. That's the average age of first exposure. So it's the kids, it's the women, it's the men. Yep. Um, but then that variety, you know, searches for child pornography have risen 400% in the past five years, cool. partly because men need this new variety. They need a new stimulus to get the same, uh, the same high that they got before from images that aren't doing it for them anymore. Yeah. Wow. So that drives this variety. And then it also drives men to create false narratives about, um, women and about what's, what's expected. Um, and uh, it drives men to think that that women it's normal for random women to want sex, um, and so this increases the very much increases the probability that these men will go on to be sex buyers. Not every boy who looks at pornography is going to end up buying sex, but every man who's buying sex is addicted to pornography. Right, right. And they usually will go it'll go porn, and you look for more explicit porn, and then you go to webcam porn where you're interacting with the performer. Then you go to a strip club, and then maybe from the strip club you go to the VIP room where you get a private lap dance, <clears throat> mm-hmm. um, or you go to a massage parlor that a buddy tells you about that does a little happy ending at the end. Right. And then from there, you're just purchasing escorts online or picking up women off the street. Yeah. And somewhere along the way, I don't know if this matters, honestly, but somewhere along the way, do we think about, do we stop realizing or remembering that this person is a human? Or do you Um, think that matters? You know, for me, you know, I get the, you know, there's movies that you can watch in the movie theater that are borderline pornographic, right? That are meant to arouse. And Mm -hmm. that's a form of entertainment, right? Without actually being, you know, showing all the ins and outs of it, right? And so that that's one sort of phase of moving in this kind of this, this vein, if you will. And but once it starts getting to a place where it's like, you know, this person had to subject their body to something that they possibly probably didn't want to do. That's mm-hmm. where I start to wonder, did they really want to do that? And how much how much um, how much of an uh, say so? Right. How much control did they have in that situation? And right. and. And are they empowered? Are they safe? And I'm always thinking about their humanity. 
during that process. Whereas I think you, in order for you to actually peruse, I mean, I just shared with you, I saw this, this kitty porn site. I've never seen one in all the searching I've done. I I shouldn't say that because all the things that I'm looking at have kitty porn. So if you are underage and you're being trafficked and your body is there on display on a back page or my red book, Mm -hmm. then that's kitty porn. But this, uh, I guess for me was another cut of that in that it was, you know, a a five-year-old child uh, with a grown man on a video. And that, that really disturbed me. And to think that someone can look at that and think, this is, this is good, you know, um, or I need something to up my level of, of, of enjoyment. I, I just, I have such a hard time relating to that. Uh, it's just, it's mm-hmm. re- just really hard for me to understand. Um, Cause all I can see is the kid and her pain and her suffering. So we're going to take a break. We're going to come back. Um, and, and I am trying to understand. So, <laughs> but it's just, it's just, it's just beyond me. I really can't. So anyway, um, we are going to take a break. We'll come back. Um, we're going to talk about events that are going on for you, Justin, and then with the love never fails and just thank you all for listening. And we appreciate your, uh, your support of love never fails and all of these organizations. And we'll be right back. Thanks for listening. To join in the fight for love, visit loveneverfailsus.com. Don't go away. Love Never Fails Radio will return right after these messages from our sponsors. This is Dr. Miluna Fausch. I am honored to serve on the advisory board of Love Never Fails, where each voice matters as lives are restored. Thank you for your support. Let's face it, you are making a pitch for something every day. Your verbal communication skills are the key to your professional and personal success. My company, Pitch Perfect Presentations, trains executives, management teams, and startups in delivering consistent, effective, engaging presentations to today's diverse audiences to rev up sales, attract clients and fans, and secure funding. Visit PitchPerfectPresentations.com to schedule your complimentary strategy call with me today. That's PitchPerfectPresentations.com, PitchPerfectPresentations.com. Welcome back to Love Never Fails Radio, where you are invited to turn your compassion into action and love those in your midst. Welcome back to Love Never Fails Radio. We're on the air today with Justin Wise, and we're just talking about from Texas to California that this thing, human trafficking, what it looks like, and even talking about pornography. Great, great insight there. Love the progression, as I mentioned to you during the break, about how you've kind of broke down the progression of the use of porn into trafficking. I would love to invite you back on the show to really talk some more about demand because this is uh, something that I think we need to really ask the Lord, search me, oh God, search me, oh God, and and get real with him about how does this start, right? What happened when I started to believe that the person that I was watching wasn't human, didn't have feelings, 
what happened when I put my urges and my desires over their safety and their need for love, right? Mm. And, and it, maybe there's something else in there. I don't know. But I think it would be really great to get you on and maybe some other women and men who have struggled with use of pornography and just kind of have a discussion. How does that happen? I was just watching a show the other day and there was an ad that came on for a new survivors, whatever Island or whatever. And they're, Oh, it's called naked and something. Anyway, these people are wandering around in the backwoods completely naked, like on regular TV. This is not even like HBO anymore. This is just regular TV. Like I'm looking at the guy's backside, the woman's backside. They put a little blur over their regular parts, but It's like, come on. And they're going through and they're like, they're just walking around. And and I'm thinking like, yes, some people are like, oh, it's natural. It's organic. But I mean, maybe that's the other piece is that we've made it so normal to be immodest and to just kind of do whatever feels right, whatever feels good, that none of those red flags that used to go off, go off. Or they've been numbed out. We've been desensitized to it. So, mm-hmm. Yeah, I'd love to be back on. That'd be great. Well, cool. So thank you for jumping on the show. Thank you for your wisdom, for your prayers, and just really grateful for that. And then I just want to tell the listening audience about a few things. So really excited and grateful. Love Never Fails was nominated to be one of the 40 recipients of the State Farm Neighborhood Assists Program. It's a $25,000 award. And we are asking that you would vote for us. And you can do that by going to our Facebook page, getting the link there or our website. And you can vote up to 10 times a day. If we can get 20,000 votes, we actually would be very competitive and we have a good chance of winning one of those 40 allocations of $25,000, which we plan to use to sponsor 10 students in the city of Oakland that will be survivors of human trafficking, homeless, reentry, or foster youth. And so we would like to do that with your support. We can make it happen if you'll go and vote for us. And this is nationwide. So if you're there in Houston, please vote for us. Go to our website, loveneverfailsus.com, and vote for our nomination, which is on Neighborhood Assist website. I just looked it up now. Yeah. So it's going live on the 14th, and it will be live until the 23rd of August. So please support us. We were selected out of thousands to be the recipient or potential recipients based on your votes. All right. Also, we want to encourage you to come out and join us on the 28th of August from 11 to 1. We are part of the Our Promise kickoff in SACDO, the city capital, and that is an employee giving program. So come and join us there. And our donor appreciation event is on the 28th of September. Please do mark your calendars for that. That's 1 to 3 p.m. And we do thank you. Some of you actually took a survey for us and gave us some feedback, and we'll be sharing that out to you in just a little bit. I'll be leading a nationwide prayer on the 31st at Azusa, and that is part of an initiative that has been put on by Pastor Cyril Ryans. 
And so please look on our website for details on how you can join us there in Azusa. That's going to be all day on the 31st from 9 to 6 p.m. I'll be praying about human trafficking, but there will be various other tracks that will uh, you can uh, actually engage in and learn more about. And of course, uh, lastly, we just want to invite you to um, become a member of uh, Love Never Fails. And uh, there are lots of benefits to doing that. But the main one is that you get to help us launch survivors into the life that they uh, were always destined to have, that they were purposed to have by the Lord. And we are so grateful to you for doing that. Thank you for being on the show, Elijah. We so appreciate Elijah. I keep calling you Elijah. Oh, I have that. You look like an Elijah to me. Uh, Justin, Mr. Wise, Mr. Wise. Thank you again for being on the show. We so appreciate you. And we just want to make sure that if anyone is listening, that you all know that you are loved. Thanks for joining us this week on Love Never Fails Radio. We trust that you've been inspired by these stories of hope and love and that you'll accept our challenge to get involved by contacting us at loveneverfailsus.com, by liking and sharing our Facebook page, Facebook slash Love Never Fails Radio, or by making a contribution directly to Love Never Fails. This program is the broadcast outreach of Love Never Fails, which is a donor-supported nonprofit ministry that Vanessa founded as a way of directly impacting the lives of young people who are trapped in or at risk of becoming involved in human trafficking. This broadcast needs your involvement and support. To find out more, simply go to loveneverfailsus.com and click on the radio show link. Today's program was brought to you in part by Case Industries, as well as supporters from Faith Fellowship, New Hope Christian Fellowship, and the International Church of the Foursquare Gospel. On behalf of Vanessa and the whole team at Love Never Fails, thank you for listening, and thank you even more for committing to turn your compassion into action and love those in your midst. Three-star general, Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal records of the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.